inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding save by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, can save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two, rolling right along here on a Monday afternoon. Hopefully it's not raining too badly if it is raining where you're at. Storm passed by earlier today for me. It was pretty crazy. But you know what? We uh, we, we were good. We were we were fantastic. And, and, and now you have a storm totally on your fine. show. So there you go. Um, I do. I have a storm on my show. I You know, I didn't want to go there. I stopped Sorry. myself from going there. But I hey, just, I listen, lean know. into it. <laughs> lean into it. It's totally fine. Stormy Bonatoni joining me. She is my special guest co-host today. And we got into a lot of the draft stuff, the Golden Knights, kind of the strategy of working a draft special. We got into some winners from draft weekend. We're going to get to some losers from draft weekend a little bit later on in the show. But right now, the the entire focus of this segment here is defensemen signing contracts. And we're going to start off with the Golden Knights. And nothing official has come down yet from the Vegas Golden Knights. But a tweet earlier today from Frank Saravelli. And let's just kind of take a moment to give Frank Saravelli a little bit of recognition for the work that he did on expansion draft day. Mm -hmm. Listen, I understand it's not everyone's cup of tea. I personally could have done without all of the updates. I could have done without knowing who the team was at 1230 uh, in the afternoon. I could have done without that. It would have made the actual viewing of the draft show special. But Frank Saravelli went on an absolute tear Wednesday and and it was very interesting and very well done reporting and people were so mad at him because of what you just said that like hey like stop telling us all the stuff that's gonna happen with the team because we want to watch it tonight and you know it's like one of it's ESPN's (laughs) like big debut of covering hockey on the network and all this stuff totally understand it obviously did not draw away eyeballs still it was huge ratings and viewership on that but that's neither here nor there but leave Frank alone it's not his fault that there are leaks and that people are telling him information. He's an insider. That's what his his job is, too, if people tell him things to tell them to us. Listen, you can't get mad at somebody for doing their job. They're like, doing, their, he's doing his do job. That. It, it's exactly what it was. So Frank Saravelli earlier today is uh, tweeted out that the Golden Knights and Alec Martinez, it looks like they're closing in on an extension. It's it, view it's about a three-year contract at least that's what's being reported around five million about a little bit more so just in terms of Alec Martinez I'm not getting into the specifics of the contract I'll leave that for when the contract gets signed if it gets signed but with Alec Martinez in looking at the Golden Knights and looking at what their offseason outlook was to be Bringing back Martinez seemed to be kind of that big piece number one. Of course, you've got Mm -hmm. the Cody Glass trade. You bring in Nolan Patrick. You bring in a little bit more center depth uh, with Brett Howden. But really, the main focus, I think, for Kelly McCrimmon was to try to find a way to bring back Alec Martinez because he not only made Shea Theodore better, 
but I think he's settled in with Alex Petrangelo so well that you don't want to move on from that. And we kind of joke about, um, you know, calling somebody in sports a glue guy, right? But he just yeah. seemed to be one of those to me that no matter where you put him, who he was playing with, he was he was always steady. You know, he was somebody that could play with anybody, that could do whatever you needed. He was a put-your-body-on-the-line type of a guy. And you're dead on, Ryan. Like, for me, thinking about this offseason and things that the Golden Knights really needed to try to get done is – signing Alec Martinez and making sure that you have him under contract because he's he's just somebody that really did it all like I I don't know how you feel but for me Alec Martinez was far and away the most consistent defenseman on the roster this year and thinking about what he did for this team in the postseason on a broken foot is astounding to me yeah it it really is and you know I I I wonder about the the term and I wonder about the price and again that's going to be for another day but in terms of Alec Martinez at 34 years old the thing that I continue to come back to with him regardless of the number regardless of the term is when you look at his career the great defenseman that he has played alongside of he has played alongside Mm -hmm. Drew Doughty he has played alongside now Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo there is a unique trait that some players have in where they play with elite elite players and you end up getting more out of both than you would in a different situation I think there's a skill set to Alec Martinez's ability to play with elite level Mm -hmm. offensive-minded defensemen and allow those guys to shine. I don't think it's an accident that he has been able to play with three absolute greats in this game. And, And that, to me, is something that for the Golden Knights, when you look at how they're built, when you look at how much this defense adds to the offense, you need a player like Martinez in your lineup to get the most everyone on that back end. No question. And just I know we're not getting into number and term, but we'll just have to wait and see on that. But it would have been nice, you know, to be able to have a a more team friendly type of a deal, just given the cap constraints that this team does have. He is getting older. Um, This is a place that has no state income tax. So a little something to look forward to is close to L.A. It's a team he feels connected with. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And if they do sign him to what Frank has put out there, the potential three year Five million average annual. We'll have to wait and see. Then you have to think, okay, what's the next move? How do the chips fall after that? But in terms of what Alec has done, the biggest thing I always look to since we've gotten him is just the resurgence of his career that he's had. You know, he's talked about coming back to Vegas being like this breath of fresh air um, and not anything against L.A. or his time there. He obviously spent a decade there, lots of memories, loves the people that he's gotten the opportunity to play with and play for. Nothing to do with that. But given the surrounding pieces around him at that time, he wasn't flourishing to the capabilities that he could be. And since he's come to Vegas, like you think about when he first got signed he he it was 41 games in LA in that 2019-20 season that he had eight points he had seven assists and one goal in those 41 games with LA and in 10 games coming back with the Golden Knights had that same output he had 32 points in 53 games uh, this past season second most points of his career in a season and he played 29 fewer games than in a full season where he had 39 points so for me him coming to Vegas like 
the these we talk about how he can elevate other people's games. You saw those same players on the Golden Knights help re-elevate his game and help him find his confidence again. And he's been a different player. You know, I'm 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 yeah. glad you kind of mentioned that we don't really know what the number is yet. But if it's close to what's reported, that puts the Golden Knights about two hundred thousand dollars under the cap, and they still have. Guys, they have to get re-signed. Now, we did see a report mm-hmm. that it sounds like they they did tender offers to Nolan Patrick and Dylan Coughlin. So, presumably, that's going to take them over the salary cap. And it also means that they don't have 23 players signed, assuming Martinez signs. And we don't know what the, what, what the deal is with, with Patrick or, or with Coughlin. But when Martinez signs, that's only going to be 20 players that they'll have signed. I mean... You're going to have to, at some point, bring in some other players. You're going to have to make some other moves to to coincide. But, you know, the thing is, I, I, I'm i never going to fault the player for going out and, and signing a big contract. Make as much money as you can because your career is not very long. Alec Martinez is a guy, the way he plays the game, you don't know, right? Because the guy, the guy played on a broken foot. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, right there, that's telling me, look, this guy, this guy is willing to. What's the what's the old wrestling term? Flies around with reckless abandon. <laughs> you know, like like he reminds me of of one of those hardcore wrestlers, Mick Foley. When I was a kid, right, we had the ECW. <laughs> like Alec Martinez is the ECW of hockey players because he's so willing to just sacrifice <laughs> well, every every part of his body. And- Chris, we're talking about the the broken foot, obviously, but he's also the league leader in blocked shots, was through the whole postseason as well. Like, this is a guy who fights through everything yeah, like, for like, this team. Like, yeah. Alec Martinez is willing to be powerbombed through a table <laughs> to save a goal for the Golden Knights. Like, that's yeah. the way he plays the game, and I think fans love it. Like, look, if, if you're going to And he doesn't buy, know how to play another way, which yeah, I think is also like, a very like, special no, trait. No. And, and that's just it. And Ryan knows better than, than us because he he's watched Alec Martinez his entire career, and I believe it was Daryl Evans we had on one day, and he brought up the fact that, yeah, the, 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 the fact that he's leading the league in block shots is not a shock to me because he did that in L.A. Like, he was an animal in Los Angeles, he he was the ECW guy of the LA Kings, bro. So it's go go get your money, Alec right. Martinez. But but there are going to there is going to be fallout from this if this right. is the contract that that he signed. And you know the reality is when you're running a a, a a team that has a flat cap, there's going to have to be sacrifices. And, and Alec Martinez, obviously, it appears, is not one of those guys that the Golden Knights were willing to sacrifice. And, and that's part of the reason of framing the, the discussion around uh, regardless of, of term, regardless of the cap hit. Because when you look at what Alec Martinez brings to the table, you have to ask yourself a simple question. Do you believe that you can win without him in the room? Do you believe you have to have him in the room to win? And I think the answer to that is... I think you have to have him in the room to win. Like he's a guy that has been there. He's a guy that's done it before. And the the interesting thing for me when it comes to Martinez is if it's a big goal, he's there. If it's a gigantic block shot, 
he's there. If it's the biggest game of the year, you know you're getting exactly what you need out of that player in that moment. There's some guy, There are some guys that are able to kind of meld their game to what the moment asks of them. And for me, on a cup-contending team like the Vegas Golden Knights expect to be next year and beyond, you need guys that can take the moment that is given to them within the game and do something with it. And, and I've seen Martinez do that oftentimes throughout his career, and you need players like that to win. And I don't know how much stock you guys put into the cup experience, but to me, that's such an invaluable trait that he has. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of those things that, I mean, sorry, it's such a valuable trait that he has, that he can yeah. go into the room and say, like, I, I've been here, and this is how we have to handle this, and to give advice to the young players and to you know I think that that's something that that experience really means something and then for him personally to be able to step up and I mean we, he talked about it in his availability with the broken foot that he was wheeling around um like <laughs> he, he's out there skating his tail off as hard as possible uh-huh. still getting in front of pucks despite like having crutches and wheeling himself around and you know like that's uh, that is somebody that I want on my team yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and that's that's the discussion here, right? It's the, it's the, is Alec Martinez a pivotal piece of what the Golden Knights are going to be next season? If you believe yes, then you try to get that deal done at whatever number you can because you view him as that important of a piece. Now, once the deal comes out, should it get signed, once subsequent moves happen, then it's time and only then it's time to kind of mm-hmm. assess what this means for the Golden Knights. But right now, if you're general manager Kelly McCrimmon, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights front office, if you are looking at this team, the the question that you have to ask yourself, if you're a fan, the question you have to ask yourself is, is Alec Martinez a part of this core? And I know it mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous at 34 years of age to ask that question, but I view Alec Martinez in the same way that I view Alex Petrangelo, the same way that I view Mark Stone mm-hmm. and and some of those players. Like, I think he's a pivotal piece of this team getting over the hump and winning it all. I really do. And in such a short time with this team, he's established himself as that. And uh, so what are the people, the people that are coming to you, Ryan, in your comments all the time that yeah. are anti re-signing Alec Martinez? What are they saying? Like, is that because they have so much confidence in the youth coming up in this system? Do they want to trade for another type of a defenseman? What, what are those people saying to you? So it speaks to what Chapman was just talking about in, in terms of this deal. If it is what's reported, the Golden Knights are going to have to make a subsequent deal. There's going to have to be money coming out in order for this to be something that works financially for the Golden Knights. And I don't think that anyone has the appetite for having to play certain games throughout the remain throughout this next season mm-hmm. uh, undermanned or without a, a roster of 20. Like I just don't think that that's something that it, that anybody's really interested in doing. So you know inherently that if this deal gets signed, something's going to have to change. There's going to have to be a piece that comes out. I'm of the belief that you kind of needed to do that anyway, regardless of if you made the decision on Martinez. But in terms of the Golden Knights' unrestricted free agents, if you're asking me right now which of the three is the most vital piece, 
it's Martinez. And and I think I that when you when you view it through that lens, you start to understand, okay, well, as good as Tomasz Nosek has been for the Golden Knights, can you find a comparable piece? Or do you believe Brett Howden uh, can kind of fill in that role or Keegan Colasar has filled in that role? Then, yeah, I think so. And you kind of view the same thing with Matthias Janmark, simply because I think Janmark's going to command a little bit too much money for the Golden Knights anyway. So if you're looking at those three UFAs, I think you talk yourself into Martinez because he's the right player and you need to you, you need him back. But I think the holdup is certainly going to be term and it's certainly going to be the cap hit because if the cap hits where it's at for the term at 34, I think it makes some people nervous. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? Like I'm not a general manager. I never will be a general manager, but I do get paid to give my opinion and I probably would not have given Alec Martinez the money that's being reported. I would have liked to, as Stormy alluded to earlier, try to get a little bit more of a team-friendly deal. But on the other side of that, if I'm Alec Martinez and a team is willing to give me this much money, there's no way I'm I'm, I'm walking away from that because, I mean, look, it's probably going to be the last contract I sign in my career. Uh, this is a place I know the team is committed to winning. The ownership and the management are committed to winning, right? It's not like you're in another market, in another city where the team is just going through the motions. You don't have to worry about that in Vegas. Everyone is committed to winning. So from from the Alec Martinez perspective, I'm absolutely ecstatic about that. As a capologist, I'm I'm biting my nails because I don't I don't want to go through what I went through last season where we couldn't dress a certain amount of guys or, or certain, you know, from, from that perspective where the team had to play short once in a while. I don't want to go through that again if I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm looking at it like, hey, wait a minute. I want 23 guys on that or, or, or 20 guys on that bench, and I want three guys sitting up in the press box watching because they're healthy scratches. I don't want 17 guys. I don't want to play short or forward except in an extreme situation, and we throw John Merrill in there. But it's it's one of those things where now you have to look at, at the cap because there are going to be casualties, and I am i don't believe that the Golden Knights were going to stand pat anyway. But now, now like you said, you got to look at Matias Yanmark. you got to look at Tomas Nosek. You, you may have to look somewhere else. Where, yeah. where, where is the casualty going to come? Because you're going to have to free up money somewhere to sign – the, the the full allotment of players you're allowed to have. Yeah, and I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised honestly so far that we haven't heard more rumblings about potential trades in the works and things like that just because we know yeah. um what Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee and this staff has done in the past. It's always been kind of an off season of making a splash, but when it comes to Alec Martinez, I totally understand the personal side of it like you said Chapman in terms of a contract because this is a career choice that you've made that has a very finite amount of longevity to it and so make it like I get why people when they're offered a big contract like I'm not going to be dumb enough not to sign it if you're offering me a certain amount of money right like <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm yeah. gonna go yeah. you have to sometimes for yourself and it's not that you're not a team player but sometimes you have to look out for yourself in your future and I understand you, you that. know it's funny because I, oh, I heard a story on. about an NFL player I won't name him but he came from a winning organization, and he signed a contract with a terrible organization. And someone asked him, point blank, why did you sign here? And his reply was, because they were giving me $2 million a year more than anyone else. So of course <laughs> I'm going to sign here. 
Well, not everybody well, can on. be I, in a Tom Brady situation where his wife, Giselle, <laughs> makes X amount of dollars more than he does so he can take the most team-friendly deal in the world and stack your team. Like, that doesn't happen everywhere, okay? That's very rare. So I do want to open up the conversation, I guess, to whether or not the the reported number, which is about $5 million, is actually not a hometown discount. Because when you look at the rate of play from Alec Martinez last year, you factor in his age, I get it. But when you look at what he was able to do with this It is his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Alec Martinez. And Golden Knights Twitter had a fantastic, (laughs) fantastic tweet for Alec Martinez on his birthday shortly after um, the the Cerevelli tweet went out. So I think a lot of... A lot of people were expecting something more, and it didn't happen. But anyway, that's not neither here nor, nor there. But the point that I'm trying to make is Alec Martinez, 53 games, 32 points, 9 goals, 23 assists last year. Okay, That's the production rate that he was at. Now, I'm going to compare him to a player that just got a brand new deal. And understanding that this player is younger... And understanding that this player just signed a massive, ridiculous, ridiculous deal, Seth Jones last year, five goals, 23 assists, 28 points. So in looking at Alec Martinez, he outpaced Seth Jones. Granted, playing on a better team, I understand that. But more points, more production. You got more out of Alec Martinez last year than I think you got out of Seth Jones. And Seth Jones' current contract right now, $5.4 million this year. And, and and last year, this year, and then his new eight-year, $9.5 million average annual value deal kicks in. So isn't really the true market value for Alec Martinez based on what he did last year somewhere in the $5.8 to $6 million range? Well, if I'm his agent, I'm certainly pulling the numbers yeah, that you just pitching. did. You know, I'm, I'm going to... <laughs> To, well, to Kelly McCrimmon and saying, hey, yeah. look, this is what Seth Jones was making last year. Alec had a better season than Seth Jones. Now, the counter to that is Seth Jones is, what, 28, 29? Alec Martinez is 34. He's going to be 37 when the contract expires. You know, there's 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 so many different aspects of that. Look at the way Alec Martinez plays. I'll go back to the ECW. He He's... he's he throws his body around you with reckless abandon. It's a hard I, way to play. I can't play. get, away from, I can't get away from it. I love the analogy. He is the ECW of the Golden Knights. Look, it, it's I, – I, I know there's there's people, hockey people, who will say, I don't want my guy blocking as many shots because you're bound to get hurt. That's the way Alec Martinez plays. It also scares me a little bit as someone who is giving out a contract because – the Golden Knights were very lucky this year that he was able to play on that broken foot. And I think what's if tough he, about this – okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, if he's if he's able to play and it's it's a playoff game, he's, oh, he's play. playing. Like, I think that that's something, that's something that we've recognized. And and I think the thing to say with, with Martinez is that in those situations, he's not hindering his team by being stubborn and playing. He's actually playing to the level that you expect mm-hmm. out of him, and that's what makes him such a – I know he, the word, right? It, it makes him such a warrior. And, and I think that that's something. And, and, you know, like when we go to these intangibles, and I'm not the biggest intangible guy. I'm not really there. But when you've got a guy on a broken foot who's giving everything and playing at a high, high level in the playoffs, 
you don't need to say anything in the room. No one else has to really look at Alec Martinez for any inspiration outside of what he's doing on the ice. You get everyone in that room that's giving a little bit more because if he can do it on a broken foot, I better do it if there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. And, like, that's why, I mean, even there was a game, I can't remember which game against Minnesota, but um, when Alec Martinez dropped the gloves, uh, you know, his second career fight ever, and you think about him dealing with the injuries that he was dealing with. Like, no matter what, he's going to give you everything he's got, and if he needs to defend somebody, he's going to do it, uh, regardless of the situation. In terms of the comparables, though, here with Seth Jones and the dollars and cents conversation that I kind of have a little bit of a tough time grappling with is that Alec Martinez obviously had a career year this year. If you look back through, um, you know, since he started with L.A., this was an incredible year for him in the grand scheme of things with the way that he's gelled with this team. Meanwhile, Chicago is banking on Seth Jones being the guy he was three years ago, right? Like he has been a legit number one defenseman in the NHL. Like no question that cannot be ignored. And maybe there, and you know, that's why he's getting the 9.5, eight year, all of that stuff. But I mean, to me, like that, you're banking a lot on him being that guy when he's had a, a down year considerably from him three years ago. He's a different player right now than he was three years ago. Yeah, and, and you know, in terms of the Seth Jones contract, and, and I wanted to get into this because I, I'm trying to understand it through a different lens because I, on the surface, I understand Seth Jones. I understand $9.5 million. I understand expecting him to be kind of that pivotal number one defenseman. However... I don't understand it in terms of this Chicago Blackhawk team because I don't think that they're going to be particularly good. I don't think that this is a team that's one Seth Jones away from actually putting in a legitimate chance at a playoff spot or a deep run. And when you've got Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane for just a couple more seasons, I'm not sure if this is kind of that retool on the fly to try to give those two guys one more kick uh, kick at it but I just I don't understand eight eight years nine and a half million for Seth Jones on this Chicago Blackhawk team well and Ryan what are what were we just talking about last week in terms of high cap hits for defensemen around the league that have turned almost horrible immediately like you look at Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty like this is I just I hope for Chicago's sake that this doesn't turn into something like that for them but that was immediately when I saw this deal the first thing that triggered in my mind was that conversation that we had (laughs) last week yeah I again I I'm sure over the course of this week we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the Seth Jones trade and the Seth Jones contract. Um, But for right now, I'm just going to leave it at if you're able to get Alec Martinez under contract, if you're the Golden Knights, that being your objective this offseason, then you have to count it as a win. Once we see what the term is, once we see what the cap hit is, then we start to understand what needs to come out, and then it's easier to kind of give a full evaluation and judgment of the trade. But right now, the only question you have to ask yourself if you're a fan, do you think 
that you need Alec Martinez as a part of this core and someone that can help you win. I say yes. What say you? It'll be interesting. If you want to give us that feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. But right now, we're going to give away two tickets to the NBA Summer League August 16th. That's a Monday. It's going to be at the Thomas and Mack Center and the Cox Pavilion. You've got all 30 NBA teams, 75 games. Tickets are at Thomas and Mack box office or unlvtickets.com. You can go to lvsportsnetwork.com to register to win for premium reserved tickets if you are so inclined. But right now we've got a pair of tickets to Monday, August 16th to give away. Caller number 10, you have won a pair of tickets to the NBA Summer League. 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number 10, you're a winner. We're back with one-timers next on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. One-timers. Monday afternoon, we're going to start with some teams that missed the mark, or maybe just one team that missed the mark in the NHL entry draft. For those that maybe don't know, the Canadians drafted defenseman Logan Mayu in the first round on Friday night. For context, Mayu, while playing overseas in Sweden last year, was charged with distributing inappropriate photos of himself and a woman without her consent. The photos were distributed to his teammates. He was charged. However, that news did break, causing Mayu himself to ask to recuse himself from being drafted in this year's draft so he could grow up, so he could learn to not do these things that you shouldn't do. And then what ends up happening? The Montreal Canadiens draft him in the first round. Tone deaf. It's a terrible look for the Montreal Canadiens. General Manager Mark Bergevin, any goodwill that the Canadiens' Cup final run did for Montreal this season was undone with that one pick. And listen, I know a lot of people have asked me, well, what should the consequence have been? Certainly not getting drafted in the first round. That should have been a bare minimum of what the consequence should have been. Am I saying a lifetime ban for Logan Mayu? No. No. But when a, when a kid who screws up, and I'm not sure that he really understands the gravity of what he did and why it's so, so bad, and the fact that the Montreal Canadiens drafted him essentially just apologizes for it, but the fact of the matter is when you have a player that says flat out, I don't deserve this, and you as an organization say, yeah, you do, because you're good at hockey. That's missing the mark, it's wrong, and it is not the example that you should be setting if you are the Montreal Canadiens. Your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I was um, surprised to say the least when I saw this decision come through, and then you see Frank Saravalli reporting afterwards that a number of teams showed interest in him in the second round. Um, and it looked like yeah. Montreal essentially just jumped the line to get the player that they wanted. And the team released a statement, and their reasoning was not only that we, quote, selected a promising hockey player, but also got a young man who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. 
Canadians are aware of the situation and by no means minimize the severity of Logan's actions. And that's just a small portion of the longer statement. But for me, even this statement didn't feel particularly thought through because it wasn't a plan of action. I feel like if you're going to go out of your way to make a selection like this that you know is going to be problematic in the larger scope and that you know is not teaching a lesson to this individual who said he wanted he he asked teams not to draft him so that he could grow and get more of that maturity that he realized that he was lacking and then you go ahead so for me yes 100 percent off the mark. Um, I don't think it was thought through. If you're going to make a statement like this, I think there needs to be a plan in place for how to help him mature and get better, if that is something that you genuinely believe. And I feel for for the woman that he did this to in this case, because you read the article, I'm sure, that Katie Strang wrote um, talking about how all she wanted was a heartfelt apology. Um, And if we're being, like, she never got it. She got a two to three sentence text apology, and that doesn't exactly scream remorse to me. And don't get me wrong, I don't want this kid's future to go off the rails for one poor decision at a young age. But I, I also think that you're you're grown up to an extent. You know the difference between right and wrong, and there were no repercussions for this. And you can't help but think back to last year with what happened at the Arizona Coyotes and the fallout that they received with Mitchell Miller. Yeah, and, and I was really interested to get your perspective on it, obviously, Stormy. Uh, you know, it, let, let's be honest. It's not a mistake. It's a really terrible decision. A mistake is maybe making a right turn on red when you're not supposed to. That's a mistake. This is a really bad decision. And can we cut the crap about cancel culture? It's not cancel culture. <laughs> there are consequences for your actions. When you do bad things, you should be punished. Now, I get that he paid a fine in Sweden. It equated to a slap on the wrist. The fine. Yeah. What this woman went through because of him, she's going to have to deal with the consequences much longer than he's going to have to. She's dealing with this day in, day out. Him, he gets to just go play hockey now. He's going to become a wealthy, maybe one day potential NHL player. There, there, there's not, It's not cancel culture. It's consequence well, the, the culture. Fact, the the fact that he was drafted is is antithetical to cancel court culture. Well, it's not and, cancel culture. And that he gets but I'm just he gets drafted and after he yeah. quote unquote recuses himself because obviously you cannot yes. technically do that. But he says, "Please teams do not draft me." because I want to learn from this and I want to get better. And a team drafts him showing him that you're fine. You don't actually like you don't need to change. Like that's that's what no. the message sends to me is you didn't do anything wrong in our eyes. It's okay. You're a good hockey player. You're going to be fine. Like that's the way that I view that decision and right wrong or indifferent, that's just the way that I see it and I I can't I can't imagine having something like that done to me. And I just I think that's you these types of stories you internalize the mental damage that that can cause somebody and I'm with you I'm yeah. I'm I don't I don't want people to get canceled either. I don't want one thing to define somebody for the rest of their life. But I also think that at you know, 17, 18 years old, you should have a little bit better decision-making as a person. Well, and it looks like there may be some fallout from this because our friend Stu Cowan, of course, covers the Montreal Canadiens. He tweeted out earlier today that sponsors of the Canadiens are mulling over the decision to maybe not sponsor or 
put hmm. their their advertising inside uh, the, the 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 Bell Center there because I'm and I I don't speak French so I, I I won't try to pronounce the name but everybody's seen the the logo if you've watched Canadian games it's a chicken restaurant it's like a little yellow triangle has a rooster holding his 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 uh, finger up they are yeah. possibly going to not be a part of the Canadians anymore because of this wow. decision. Now, the, the, the big problem is there will be someone lined up right behind them to fill the void of no question of, of, of their empty spot along the boards there. But if, if people take a stand, if, if companies take a stand, maybe it will prevent things like this from happening in the future. Look, look we, we, we can't allow this to continue. It, but it, this is another problem, though, right? Because he said coming in, he said, I want the fan base of whoever drafts me to be proud of that decision, you know, yeah. and now he yeah. gets drafted and like you hear him. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what the statement was that came out from him afterwards, but he was just saying now, you know, excited he is for the opportunity. Like, how do you go from like recusing myself? Don't pick me. And then saying like, Hey, I'm really excited for this opportunity. And you know, I'm going to well, work to get better. It, it calls into question the, the sincerity, I think of, yeah. of the initial, statement to recuse himself from the draft like cool. if if you're in that situation and, and listen i i've never been drafted i haven't been drafted into the nhl i don't know what that moment's going to feel like for for that kid but the fact of the matter is if i came out and said i made a stupid mistake i made a mistake no, no no not a mistake i made a poor decision and because of my poor decision someone is going to have to deal with a lot of added stress and emotional pain and in order for me to grow and be a hockey player at the level that i need to be and for the team that's going to draft me i can't be drafted right now and then i get drafted and 24 hours later i'm just like yeah i'm glad to be here well like i just don't think that that shows what you need to see out of the player and it's certainly because the organization is apologizing for the behavior well and my, I think that's the biggest problem my initial you're, you're thought setting it up for no no repercussions no consequences and that is dangerous i think and my my initial thought on this is he knew he was going to get drafted when he made the statement i can't imagine he didn't i didn't I mean, I personally I like I didn't to. yeah I I didn't and if he did I thought it would be perhaps one of those like lower round situations where it goes a little bit more under the radar versus a first round pick on national television yeah and and I'll, I'll go a step further like I this was a moment where I really thought that the hockey world would kind of understand the severity and the gravity of the situation and Beyond the fact that the Canadians drafted him in the first round, I'm fascinated to know that there were teams looking at him in the second round. And not just a team or two teams. It sounds like there were quite a few teams. And that that really it's even for more me, disappointing. <laughs> was incredibly disappointing. Well, because I thought I thought when we looked at inclusion and we looked at kind of where the game was headed and what hockey culture is is, is trying to do and what it's trying to 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 put out there in terms of of what it needs to be moving forward, this was a step back in my opinion. And then you had the cringeworthy moment where you have this pick take place and then you have the Chicago Blackhawks with what's going on with that organization come right up after them, pick 29 or what was it? Pick 31 and 32 of the draft. And and I mean, it's not Nolan Allen's fault that the Blackhawks took him, but it was very cringeworthy if you've been following 
what's been going on there with the Blackhawks. It just was a very, very tone-deaf move by the Montreal Canadiens, and it really, to me, put a damper on the entire first round of the NHL draft. We talked about all the good moments that we had early on. We Mm -hmm. look at what Luke Hughes and Jack Hughes, how happy they were, and then you have a pick like this. It just it missed the mark for me so much, and I only hope, I only hope that at some point, whoever came up with that decision, whatever happened internally with the Montreal Canadiens where they went to that to that situation and said, this is the right pick, I hope that they're figuring their things out too because it's not going to, to be the, the, the rehabilitation of Logan Mayu when you're looking at an organization that's really trying to justify the actions. And I do, by the way, just want to give a little bit of props for the broadcasters at ESPN for what they had done on that set, handling that moment, because I don't think that anybody expected it to happen, and they stepped up to the plate, gave their genuine feelings about the situations and didn't shy away from it, no matter how tough that is in a situation where the entire broadcast essentially is about talking about the future and talking about positives of of these different players and why they're being bet on that I thought they handled that extremely well yeah I think you're absolutely right to point that out Stormy and that is where we finish this segment one one timer for Monday July 26th we're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here on a Monday, a little bit of breaking news. Paul Stastny returning to Winnipeg on a one-year deal, $3.75 million the cap hit for Paul Stastny, so congratulations to Paul on that new contract. Anyway, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, catching up with Chapman. Chapman. <laughs> so, oh, that's great! That's great. I like so it. You need me to get. We need to get a song intro for this segment. We should, and you could sing it. <laughs> there you go. So. Like a lot of people, I've been watching the Olympics. Obviously, it's a very, very different type of Olympics because there's no fans. Uh, I was actually supposed to be there, but that's another story. But a big day for Las Vegas Olympians because the Aces have multiple Olympians. The Las Vegas Aces, of course, are WNBA team. But this morning, uh, Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young, they are part of the three-on-three team. They improved to 6-0 and after Kelsey Plum hit a game-winning shot. They defeated China. And in the pool, Erica Sullivan, who is... Uh, Born and raised in Las Vegas, she qualified for the final of the 1,500 meters in swimming. And, of course, Katie Ledecky, the favorite to win that. And last night, Bo Becker, another Las Vegan, graduated from Faith Lutheran High School. He won gold in the men's 4x100-meter relay. So Las Vegas making their mark in the Olympics so far. Vegas out here killing it. I love this. This is a great, great idea. Love that. Great segment. Anytime I can give props you know, to our locals, I'm all about that. No, Vegas is awesome, and the Olympics are awesome. It's been really fun to just throw the Olympics on in the background and pay attention to very, very interesting storylines. And, you know, Stormy, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm all in on gymnastics, so yes. don't you worry. Let's go. I, 
I'm here for you. I'm going to be watching, and I'm going to be amazed at everything those athletes can do. Stormy, thank you so much for stopping by again today. Thank you. You guys are awesome, and I look forward to those gymnastics conversations in the near future. Go USA. <laughs> awesome. Go USA. We will chat with you tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.